Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Right here on 104.9 The Horn. Oh, yeah, a new theme Thursday. We'll get to that coming up a little bit later on. We have audio from Texas football head coach Steve Sarkeesian talking about Texas spring football practice. We'll get into that coming up. Also, uh, there was a Longhorn, a future Longhorn in the uh, McDonald's All-American game. So we got to show some love there. We'll get into that because he was uh, actually playing uh, with Bronny James on the floor as well. So we'll get into that coming up a little bit later on. NBA News Notes and Nuggets coming up next segment. The Mavs, uh, they are trying to keep hope alive. But right now on the outside looking in of that play-in, we'll talk about the tankathon between the Spurs and the Rockets right now going well for both of them. And also NBA updates. But, of course, it is a holiday in the sports world. It is opening day for Major League Baseball. That's right. Go Astros! We'll get into the Astros. We'll talk about the Rangers, both of them in action tonight. Uh, Astros versus the White Sox. Rangers uh, hosting the Phillies. We'll get into those matchups. We've got my man Hardball to talk about it. So we'll talk about that as well. And we'll squeeze in, of course, some NFL news notes and nuggets coming up in the 5 o'clock.
o'clock. We're jam packed. Before we do all that, let's introduce you to the rest of the crew. He was a second round pick for the Montreal Expos, but a first round pick for the Austin Radio Network. He originally committed to the University of Texas, but decided to forego the 40 acres and trace his dream in the cheese. Pippin ain't easy, but for this man, ladies and gentlemen, it's a breeze. He is the Mike Hardball Hards. What's going on, brother? Man, I'm just living the dream. You're right. This is a very special day around baseball. People get really excited about it. And whatever your team is, whoever you decide you want to be with, you got a chance to, today. You are in it. Your team is all about that energy today. You, so you're saying there's a chance. Damn right. Until there's not. But I'm down with it. I'm down with it. Let me talk about my man that sits across from me every single day. He hails from H-Town with the get down. He's a lifetime Longhorn and a proud card-carrying member of DBU. Legendary lifetime and now college football Hall of Fame Longhorn, Derek Johnson said he was the best cover corner he had ever seen. He's a former NFL DB that still has that passion for film study, but he's not a fan of white condiments. But, of course, he is a fan of you, the listeners. He is my man and yours, Rod Babels. I appreciate that intro as always. Let's not waste any time introducing the real MVP. I'm sure he's feeling a lot better. I don't know. Yesterday he was at 90%. I'm sure he's closer to 100%. But he's also the idealionaire, one of the hardest working members of the ARN family. He's got a hustler spirit, period. We don't know what he's paid, but we're damn sure that he's underpaid. He is Patrick. Davis, what's going on, Patrick? Oh man, it's opening day. That's right. Ooh, we got the Rangers starting up like right now. Yep, yep. Oh, yep. Ranger, oh, is he Rangers starting up, by the way. Okay. If you if you want to listen to the Rangers, they are on twelve sixty AM right here. Go. They're they're just firing up right now. But uh well, you can stay right here. We're bought online. We'll, we'll get you through the day, too. That's why he's a real MVP, because we're supposed to give you uh, updates <laughs> on stuff like that. I never remember. Patrick always does. Uh, you can hit us up via Twitter. Uh, my man Patrick is at It's Patrick Davis. Harge at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. If you want to hit us up via the Specs text line, that's the best way to do it. You're the heartbeat of this thing, so uh, you really hit, uh, hit us up. We really appreciate your participation. 512-337-3776. Uh, we'll get into a, a number of di- uh, different topics, man. We got a smorgasbord here. Uh, it's a beautiful thing. There's a kind of a, a sportsgasm uh, effect here because we're going to talk about everything. We'll get some football. We got some NBA to talk about. We got Major League Baseball opening day to get into. Uh, we also, there are some NFL stories. There's a Baker Mayfield story out there. Baker Mayfield, re- Lamar Jackson uh, related story. It's a weird one. We'll get into that coming up a little bit later on in the show. Uh, and uh, some NIL rankings, apparently. I love On3 because On3, uh, they've been pretty much ahead of the game when it comes to uh, tracking the NIL uh, projections of different players individually. And they have their N- NIL rankings. And uh, there's some Longhorn love on there, but also uh, there's some other love on there too. Uh, we'll get into that too. Bronny James getting some love even though he hadn't even decided uh, where he's going to play. All mm-hmm. right, so we'll get into all of that and more. But let's start with uh, the 40 acres here in close to home. There are a couple of topics. Texas spring football we're going to get into because uh, Sark met with the media, had a media availability after their eighth uh, spring football practice, I believe it is. And also, we'll talk a little uh, Ron Holland because we'll show him some love because uh, the Texas signee uh, had a had a really standout performance in the McDonald's All-American game, uh, which is a good sign. And uh, he also recently uh, reiterated his 
the excitement and no commitment doubt. to Texas after Rodney Terry was announced uh, as the head coach. So we'll get into that too coming up a little bit later on. Let's start by talking some Texas football. We haven't gotten into Texas football uh, lately because there's been so much other stuff going on, especially on the 40 acres. Uh, but I'm excited about some of these audio cuts from Sark. So uh, we got a few of these, and the first one I thought was uh, was pretty good. Now it's a it's a it's about two players. Essentially, the question was asked about the progress of Quinn Ewers and the progress of Alfred Collins. Now, both of those guys are key uh, players on you know, different sides of the ball for Texas. Uh, here's what Sark had to say uh, regarding the progress of Quinn Ewers, uh, but also the progress of Alfred Collins so far this spring for the Longhorns. A couple things from Quinn. I think Quinn had a really good winter conditioning kind of off season. Um, I think he got himself in really good shape. Um, he definitely feels more comfortable. Um, it, it, you can almost a, a sense of, you know, he's throwing the ball very naturally, very comfortably. Um, you know, I think from a decision-making standpoint, the reads are just happening that much quicker uh, that much more decisive. I think the management of our style of offense, right? The, the shifts, the motions, the tempos, the, the varying tempos, all those things of, of handling of that aspect of the game, I think you're seeing growth. I think it just looks like a guy who's in year two and is growing into year two of, of, of the, from a comfort level, not perfect. And, and I don't expect him to be perfect right now. I mean, we challenge him every day and the defense is challenging the offense every day and we're putting new things in. There's some things we're looking at that, that maybe we haven't decided, are we going to put and have as a part of our offense? And so that can be challenging on a quarterback because there's some newness to, to what we're doing. But at the end of the day, I just think his comfort level, uh, but also I think his, his intent, right? I mean, he, he was very intentional this off season of getting himself in a, in a, in a really good space physically and mentally. Um, and I think it's showing um, throughout the first eight practices. I think Alfred um, has taken another step, right? Um, you know, we, we talked a lot about Alfred a year ago about, it wasn't about the talent. It was about the consistency in the play and his style of play. And when Alfred plays that way, which he's doing right now, where he's consistent at the point of attack, he can use his length. He has great athleticism. He can close on the ball. Um, and and he, when he plays really violent, like he's doing right now, he's a, he's a real problem. And uh, I think that we've seen that here the first half of spring from him. All right. The first part of that, just unpacking it, Harge, uh, about Quinn Ewers. I mean, the truth is, I mean, and I know you have some quarterback depth. We talked about that. But this offense right now is only going to be as explosive and as effective as Quinn Ewers is. Correct. Um, because, you, I mean, I'm not saying the running game is not going to be good. I think the running game will be effective. But we saw, based on the bowl game with the loss of Bijan and Rojo, that's going to be a work in progress. Yeah, it's a challenge. It's going to be, exactly. You yep. got a young offensive line, but they're a they're offensive line with a really high ceiling. So I think that group And they actually, got a lot of experience. They got a lot of experience. They do have a turn yep. the entire offensive line. Yep. That could end up being the strength of the team. Correct. If they end up being a dominant run blocking and pass blocking unit. We don't know that right now. Right Agreed. now, we know that they have a lot of individual. Uh, yeah, they have a lot of individual talent with those guys. But we know offensive line. You got to work as a unit. No doubt. Um, so that's off the table. That's a different variable altogether. And if that, I think that is actually going to work out for Texas and be a strength this year. But that aside. The running backs are unproven commodities. I think they're going to be okay, but they're unproven commodities. Your proven commodities right now are in the passing game on offense. Skill position. 
JT Sanders, yep. X Man, mm-hmm. Jay Witt, <laughs> right? That hell, even AD Mitchell coming in, right? Because right? he's played in some big games. He's played in big games. Yep. You got to find a way to get the ball to those skill guys. That's on Quinn Ewers. So really, to me, it's how and you can tap. You can tap in with Keelan Robinson too, because he's been around for a while. That's true. Yeah, yeah you they, can they tap in with him, receiver, and yeah. also in the backfield. Yeah. And I think honestly, this year he might have been more effective as a receiver. Correct. When you look at him in terms of a guy rather than just hand him off the ball in traditional exactly. running game. Uh, so yeah, it's all to me. It's this this off season is all about. Quinn Ewers and getting him more and more comfortable within that offense. And if the bowl game is any sign of his progress, I think Texas is going to be okay. Correct. Because he showed a lot of growth in that bowl game. Yeah. And Sark showed a lot of growth, too, calling plays for, for Quinn. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and who's to say that if if uh, X-Man's hand wasn't broken, he could have had a couple big plays and things would have been a little bit different in that bowl game. There might have been some more big-time plays down the field. That's all good. But to your point, You've talked about this a lot. You talked about what are you going to do to replace the running game with um, Bijan and Rojo. The work is now. The work you're never going to be able to get those two guys to to be replicated. You're mm-hmm. going to be able to go out there and see what you can do to manage them. But your point is spot on. What you expect from this offense is going to be led by. Quinn yours. As Quinn goes, this team is going to go. And there's a lot to still mature. The one thing that I didn't hear in that piece was the footwork fundamental. I didn't hear that. I didn't hear. I, I heard the growth. I heard he's gotten better. His conditioning's better. But I didn't say, hey, I didn't hear the, hey, he's worked really hard on the fundamental aspect of his footwork. And that's going to be the big thing for me. Because we can all, we know he's got a golden arm. We know that. But the problems that he had was sometimes he got the fundamental part away from him. That's the one thing that I want to see and hear. I want to hear that, hey, he's worked on his fundamentals. He's got a better base when he's doing certain things. And last year's mistakes of of trusting his arm so much that he's made those corrections as well. We've heard about the growth. I've heard that. I've heard that, but I want to hear some specifics. Yeah, I, I actually, uh, inside Texas, Bobby Burton remarked uh, one of his reviews about spring practice about the improved footwork Love it of then. Quinn Ewers. Love it, dude. Uh, but, yeah, no, you're right about that. That's got to improve. It's almost <laughs> the footwork's got to improve. So at the base, all right, it's that's got to get better. And then his processing, right, the uh, his ability to look at a defense pre-snap and be able to diagnose it pre-snap and post-snap yep. and to be able to process it uh, quickly and then yep. figure out exactly where he needs to go uh, and that internal clock. So I think all that's going to come, especially with a really young quarterback like Quinn. Um, but, yeah, that to me is really important because that's we saw that, and you bring up the footwork, and I remember you talking about it early last year during our one-hour watch yeah. game, our watch party. He's like, hey, man, I don't like his footwork early on. And he was yep. actually, when he was, he was looked good, looked relatively good, uh, but you as a quarterback saw that. And, you know, me as kind of a football theorist, what I recognized is in games where basically teams try to play man coverage against Texas, uh, they were able to line up and Texas was able to just straight up. I mean, Alabama is probably a the best example of it early on before he gets hurt. Uh, Texas really was able to have their way with defenses yep. and, and make some beautiful spot on throws. But as we know, man coverage is the easiest coverage to read. Right. Now, 
if you have good defenders, if you it's got the, that four cloud. If you, if, you got, if, you got the, if you got really good defenders, then it's also the toughest coverage um, in terms of quarterbacks to be able to you know deliver the football on the money. It makes those passing windows really, really small, and and hopefully there's not a lot of separation out there. But Texas has really good receivers, and Texas is able to create separation with yep. man-to-man defense, even Alabama's man-to-man defense. Uh, so, and that was just Nick Saban being smart. Nick Saban figures he always said the best defense coverage is man coverage. So he tries to play as much man coverage as possible. Hell, and you, and you can do that when you're Alabama and you're getting five star recruits all over the place. Yeah. And Texas wants. That seems to, like an easier part. Ohio State, <laughs> yeah. LSU, those yeah. are teams that play a lot of man coverage. Well, you got to have a lot of dogs to be able to play a lot. You got to have a lot of grown men to play a lot of man coverage. Uh, but when teams started playing zone against Texas, forcing a young Quinn Ewers to process. All right, and diagnose what the defensive coverage was going to be, mm-hmm. and then try to confuse and discombobulate them. That's when the footwork also came back to haunt him. Yeah, because the golden arm couldn't save him when he wasn't processing right very quickly or processing correctly, and then the footwork did not help him uh, make his throws more accurate or to be able to throw guys open right in an anticipatory right. fashion. Yeah. So it, that's why those two things came back to haunt them, and those are the two things you got to work on the most. No doubt. No the golden doubt. arm is there. It's there. It's that, golden. It, <laughs> <laughs> it's it there. ain't going nowhere. Right. Yeah. yeah. It ain't going nowhere. But the fundamental part of it, to your point, is it's like, okay, what are you going to do to throw guys open, making sure you're in the right mm-hmm. position, going back to the reads? I know that you have, and Sark spoke on that, saying that he's gotten a lot better with the reads right away, and that's good. That shows growth, right? That shows that things are changing for him, and we expect a lot. There's going to be a lot put on his shoulders this year, and I think he's going to rise to the occasion. At least we're hoping that. Uh, well, if 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 he doesn't, oh, yeah, then I think gonna we'll have quick. a different discussion, which we are not going to have right now. Right, this is the beautiful uh, part of it. Man. Exactly. It's preseason. Let's it's enjoy his, uh, it. Yeah, hope. All right, yeah. it's all about hope and faith. At yeah, this there point. we go. But uh, they, he was asked about something interesting. He was asked about the deep ball. And I'm, uh, it was a great question toward mm-hmm. the end of the press conference where they asked Sark about, hey, um, are you going to still you know, push the deep ball and be such a staunch uh, advocate of the deep ball within the offense? Here's what Sark had to say about those uh, deep passes and the chemistry they've been working on during the offseason to uh, make sure they're more effective with the deep ball. Without question. Um, you know, our offense doesn't quite work the – the way it's supposed to work. If we, if we don't hit some of those plays, you know, and I, it's, you know, I don't expect us to be a hundred percent, you know, anytime you throw a ball beyond 15, 20 yards, the percentage is naturally going to drop. Um, But we try to create those opportunities down the field. um, And then finding that rapport of, of, of the deep ball, whether it's supposed to go deep crossers, whatever they are, um, and, and how it complements themselves with the run game. Um, and then the intermediate passing game is all critical to our success as an offense and then ultimately as a team. Uh, so that aspect of the game, as, as I've been touching on before spring ball, is a huge point of emphasis of ours. Uh, and, I, and I think that we're starting to see the benefits of it as we're getting into some of these live settings and, and the way we're throwing the ball and, and the way we're catching the ball down the field. Yeah. He he mentioned almost every element of the passing game except the quick game. Quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game, quick game. He didn't. He talked about the intermediate game and, of course, half of the deep ball, which I agree with all of that. And for Sark, it's 
which you have to understand, it's he wants to do psychological damage to the defense. I understand exactly what he's doing. I get it. He he wants to plant the seed of fear in the defense with the deep ball, and that's what it does. You throw a deep ball early in the game, you throw enough of them, DBs will back up a step or two. Um, safeties over the top, they will make sure that nobody, no receiver, is even close to being behind them, and it opens up so many different passing windows. What big, giant passing windows. That's what he wants. He wants the basic defense to play scared. Right, play and on the, their heels. And the defense no. and, and the deep ball forces you to play scared a little bit. It right. does. I mean, some, I, I fear the deep ball. I mean, right. that's the only thing that will get you dog cussed by your coach on the sideline. Everybody says DBs get beat. You get the D, you get beat by the deep ball, and not only your coach is going to dog cuss you, but the D-line is going to dog yeah, cuss yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. His teammates going to dog cuss you. Yeah. You just gave up a freebie. And I think Sark wants to take advantage of that psychologically and do that damage. But also, I think oftentimes when it's ineffective – it does damage self harm. Oh yeah, it does damage to his own team. Yeah, exactly. I think it throws off a young quarterback when he can't get into a rhythm because you're throwing too many deep balls and they're not connecting. That's if you're not, if you're not connecting. Now if you're connecting, oh, he's a it's party. Great. It's a party. It's Texas, a party. O- Texas OU. Yeah, when you're connecting, everybody's yeah. like, oh man, it's a, yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Everybody's having a good time. Let's keep chunking those deep balls. But I think you should. I think he should early on work the quick game with, and it's, it's what he did versus Washington. Yep. I mean, that was just that was more of the quick game, and then you let the deep ball come to you over time. But we'll see. I mean, I know Sark loves it. He's a, he's a big game hunter, and he's obsessed with the deep ball. He's jonesing for it like Pookie <laughs> from New Jack City. Yep. Got to have that deep ball. Got but to hand I it. think oftentimes it ends up doing more harm than good. It's like three point shot. Mm-hmm. You live or die by it. And when the three point shot's not going, isn't it cringeworthy to watch your team kind of shoot themselves out of a game? Come on, man. That's soon. what Texas did at times with the D-ball. It's too, they too threw soon. themselves out of the game. Yeah. yeah. It was like, man, that was an opportunity. That was third down. That was first down. Now you're behind the chains. Yeah, especially when you're like a third and three and you're throwing the ball 70 yards down the field and the dude's not even there or falls down on the route and you're like, what are we doing? Get a first down and let's get to the next play. We can we can do this again. Let's at least get the chains to move, especially with a Bijan. Exactly. When you got some, when you give the numbers every week, both of them make people miss him and mm-hmm. Rojo. Yeah. So you know, it's uh yeah. So I I do think the passing game honestly this year is gonna have to be it. I don't know if the he's Sark loves to run the ball, so they're gonna run the football. There's no question about it. Thousand but, yard rusher, right? Yes, no doubt. Yep. But if you're looking at what's gonna be the identity of the team, last year the identity was, hey, put some Bijan on it with a side of Rojo uh, as much as you can. Sark yep. figured that out. Maybe a little too late, but he figured it out. Uh this year I do think the passing game's gotta be your identity. Yeah. That's where all your strengths are. That's where all your weapons are. You're proving commodities. Well, you talked about the uh, the locker room and, and the wide receiver room and how much depth they've got. And the coach, uh, the new coach that came in, Chris Jackson, that's going to be a major part, too, of the success, too. So you, you're talking about the strength, and now you're going to get taught by an NFL-caliber coach that's going to teach you how to get open and teach you how to run routes and make you more prolific at that position. Yeah. That's that's going to be a good thing right there. Yeah, that's why, it's, like I said, it's big off-seasons for Quinn. Uh, I'm expecting a huge leap uh, from Quinn because the offensive line mm-hmm. has looks solidified and your receiving core is one of the better receiving cores. And if Jay Witt stays healthy, um, I think they could end up being you know a prolific bunch, yep. potentially. But that's all on the Quinn Ewers development. Um, speaking of 
development. I want to get into the McDonald's All-American game a little bit. Yep. Um, the West uh, team lost, I believe it was. I think it was 109-106. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Texas signee Ron Holland Looked good. was a McDonald's All-American he mm-hmm. played. He had an impressive stat line. Yeah, he did. Guys, 11 points, six rebounds, team high, three blocks, two assists, two steals. His defense was probably more highlight-worthy than his offense. Mm-hmm. He has some nice blocks, some like uh, one of them chase-down blocks from behind, kind of Braun-esque when you chase it down from behind. But also, I mean, he's just a guy that really is a – looks like he's a just an athletic defender overall. Yeah. Long and rangy. Uh, he does fit uh, – it looks like right now he fits Texas basketball. Kind of fits the identity of a Texas basketball player when you watch him out there. It's, uh, yeah, it's something that – uh People get real excited when you watch him get up and down the floor. His explosiveness at the rim. There was a. I watched a lot of the workouts during that leading up oh, to the game. You? I got a chance to nice. watch a lot of those, and uh, he he has some explosiveness around the rim that you're not used to seeing for a young kid like that. And he seems to have a lot of composure too. Mm-hmm. And I heard the story about him maturing and watching him grow up and making sure that. Each step of the way and each year. And Coach Terry said, he's a winner. He's a winner. That's all he does is win. So every every level he's been at, he won games. And that is what is a huge part of coming into this culture and what Coach Terry's trying to build. He seems to be the right fit for him wanting to be in that type of culture. Yeah, only two guys in the recruiting class, correct? Yep. It's him and A.J. Johnson. A.J. Johnson. And I believe it is. Yep. So transfer portal, like it is with every team, is going to be huge. Give it them, uh, take it Texas. away. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, Bronny also was a part of that McDonald's All-American game, too. Just yep. shout out. Um, 15 points. He looked good. Five of eight. He was hitting, three point yeah, hitting them three threes. Uh, made it look easy. Some people don't think Bronny deserves the uh, McDonald's All-American status. Some people are very critical of it. I know Zay's been... Kind of critical of uh, Bronny getting that status. Yeah. But, hey, all right. I, I, I know it's more, I know it's our PR campaign for sure behind it, but as long as he proves himself at every level, every time he plays, he's been successful. So that and he's playing against people that everyone sees as better than him, and he went out there and shot the lights out, and he played defense, and that's the other part of it too. If you can play defense, it makes a huge difference on the way people view you, and and he has played defense every every single time I've seen him play. Patrick, do you watch? Have you watched Bronny? You know, you watch a lot of. I've watched some highlights, basketball. but I haven't watched a, like, haven't a game. Watched no, yeah. So okay. there's highlights, and I mean, I agree. It's he's he's not as bad as people, but he's basically been improving a lot because you. one of the things that he has the benefit of is that his dad is possibly the most obsessed with working to get better mm-hmm. and working to keep his body right. That's fair. So he comes from a family that has access to an insane amount of things to get better athletically, be healthier, and to improve your game. And he's around and he a is, lot of good people to get mentally. But he is, and he's taking advantage of that. Yep. So he's progressing at a level more than any of these other guys because other guys are working in high school gyms. And even if they're good high schools, they're still they're still not at the level of college. And Bronny is basically working at an NBA level of talent development. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these guys are working at high school level development. So he's just progressing a lot faster. Now I don't know if his ceiling is as high as some of these mm, other guys. That's what I was going to ask. You, but yeah. his development is he's. He's pacing ahead of everyone else developing. So basically, it's like, the, the question is, when does he hit that ceiling? Because you're right. Well, he's, yeah. He's accelerated development. But, but that's always the point is, you know, that's, if you can answer that question, you'd be the highest paid NBA draft expert 
or the <laughs> or GM somewhere else. Because yep. that's right, everyone's question is, that's, hey, man, can yeah. we get to the ceiling? We know what the ceiling could be, but what was the ceiling actually? Second floor. Yep. We we thought he was in a high rise, but he had a second floor for ceiling. Yeah, duplex. Yep. Yeah. Like, you know, that's that's a lot of these guys that get drafted in the NBA that go, man, well, his potential's here. Can he reach it? And Bronny's already shown, well, I've already gotten this far. We You just don't know if there's an, an innate ability to have those pieces. Like, Arturo Morris is a perfect example of a guy who has an innate feel for a game, right? Yeah. And when you watch him play, you're just like, I don't get how he saw that so quick and how he jumps on passes and things like that. That's the question. If Bronny has that as well, then he can step into that next level of being a player. Yeah, some people say they like his feel for the game. I mean, apparently Skip Bayless is a huge Bronny fan well, now. that's not a good thing for anybody. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, poor kid. Oh, no, no. You, if you'd have gave me somebody else, I might have been okay with he it. Actually, he's not all he did. He tweeted this out, I believe, that Bronny is more clutch than LeBron. <laughs> well, you know that's going to be a jab. You know that's going to be a jab I for swear, sure. You got to go look it up. It was, I was like, oh, that's a good one. There it, you go. but, but again, to your point, <laughs> he's actually right. Bronny's feel for the game is because he's been around. It for he, so he, did, long. he did say he liked his feel for the game because he he can yeah. see it, That's and there's a lot of things. Yeah. He's not trying to force certain. He's like things. a veteran already, right? He's <laughs> moved around. Like there was a shot that he made that guys were dribbling the ball, and he kept moving towards the ball, yeah. to the area where it's like, all right, make sure you see me because I'm about to knock this down. He could have went out there and peed down his leg, but he didn't. He performed at a level to where it's like, okay, and these are the elites of the elites. Let's not forget that. That's a great point. This is an interesting conversation. All right. I'm obviously, no, that's I get, fine. Let's I get roll. too deep into stuff. So, no, let's you know, roll. In this country right now, there's a conversation about Nepo babies. Mm-hmm. In every in every industry, right? The right. Nepo baby coming. In Hollywood, by the way, I think it's, it's, where, it's where it's all started. Because yeah, Hollywood full is full of Nepo babies. But, then the Kim Kardashian, Nepo baby. Awesome. Right, right? <laughs> Nicki Minaj, Serena <laughs> Williams size, Cardi B size. But is if they prove to be worthy are they proved to actually have an elite skill set or to have a marketable skill set whatever it may be and they can monetize it well i mean yeah they got an opportunity but they cashed in on the opportunity thank you they now the i want the nepo the nepotism all right being a nepo baby may have gotten him an opportunity a quicker or you know than it would have gotten you an opportunity or you know somebody who was just an average joe schmo or jane schmo whatever it is but when when you cash in on the opportunity and you actually prove that you are worthy of it and that you can either play at the elite level or perform at that elite level thank you I, you know the nepo baby thing. Okay, I, I want my kid to be a nepo baby. I am hoping. I ain't got nothing for him right now or right. her. I'm sorry, kid, right. future right. kid. Like Rod V is not successful enough for you I'm, to be a nepo I'm, baby. I'm, I'm working hard for <laughs> it. I'm dog. working, I'm working hard. hard for I probably it, won't be able to give you much of a leg up. But we're having. To, I think in politics too, we've had these conversations in politics about you know these uh, career politicians and what the, what you realize about these these households. These young people who grow up in these households, whether it be entertainers or whether it be politicians or athletes, they're old souls. Yep. Like Shano grew up, all he all they know is football. Like when Shano was at the dinner table with Pops and they and they went on family vacation, they was watching film. They was talking football and watching film. Exactly. They were. That's that's all they knew. Exactly. So to to, to Patrick's point about the accelerated development, it's like well he was around. He was exposed to four times as much football as I was. 
Thank you. So his his football intelligence and football IQ way more advanced than me. He's basically a prodigy when it comes to that. And I do think he's proven himself at the NFL level, but some people would disagree with that. But I know he's a nepo baby too. But I think he's a ne- Sean McVay's a nepo baby. Yeah, they, they all are. But, but I think that you get to a point. You, yeah. you, the nepo the nepotism gets you the opportunity, but you got to prove yourself. Exactly. Now the ones that are frustrated, the ones who haven't really proven themselves, and they still keep getting all the the privilege and all the opportunity. Yeah. That's a little frustrating because no, you know I mean, that's you can, you can you get annoyed. You, know. you can get annoyed at the fact. I mean, you can't really get it, but you can say there's a fact of, yes, if somebody doesn't have to work a job when they're in college or work a job when they're in high school because their family is well off enough that they are actually able to, to get an internship working for a football team. So they're just years ahead of anywhere else could be because you're like, oh, no, I didn't have to take the normal path. You get mad at that, but you get mad at a lot of things in life you want to get mad at them. Mm-hmm. The reality is it's not fair no matter how well you break it. I'm sure that there's those guys will sit there and go, well, yeah, it's not fair because I get yelled at even if I do a good job that it, well, I didn't earn it. Everyone's going to be – you just have to do the best you can do with your ability. And if we go back to what Bronny is, Bronny right now is doing the best of what he can do given what he's been given. Yeah, I totally agree. Even as a Nepo baby. And they're, they're in outside sports, the, the, the coaching aside, because coaching is full of – nepotism and nepo babies yep. but actually on the field you do have to still earn it to a certain extent nobody really yeah. I mean no you get the one they, you're getting challenged the most too yeah they're coming at yeah. you because of that yeah. and that's the same thing with Bronny James Bronny James is a guy that everybody wants to bust his head every time they see him yep. they don't do it mm-hmm. that's the other part and that, that's already getting people out of their game too because they're trying so hard to show that they are better than Bronny that they're out there taking more shots than they're supposed to, trying to do too much, looking sloppy sometimes because they want to go against him. And it's like, bruh, just play your game. Don't worry about him. Don't worry about what what the next man is doing. Worry about you. What does Coach Terry say? Stand where your feet are. Stand where your feet are. Yeah. Make the T-shirts. Make the T-shirts. Get them ready. Um, someone says coaching and radio is full of nepotism also. I don't know about radio. As long I, as they perform. That's what they say. I, as long as they perform. I've been Red in radio broadcasting a is, Broadcasting, broadcasting is, a is a general. Yes. Like... Not uh, just r- yeah, talk like radio. look at how many play-by-play announcers kids are also play-by-play announcers. Exactly. Okay. Well, that's, 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 yeah, yeah. That's, so like, okay. there, there's a lot of that yeah. into it where it's just like, oh no, you, it's a job where you have to know somebody to get in. Okay. And so, yeah, I can see that. But broadcasting like, is a whole there is radio. I don't know. I mean, Mike Golick's kids got a radio gig. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And it wasn't because he was he worked his way through broadcasting. He was a okay college football player who watched out of the NFL and was immediately given an ESPN job. Right. So like that that exists. But it's it's not it's not the norm. But there's plenty of it in broadcast. There's plenty of it. Everywhere. There's plenty of it. Yeah, in pretty there's much plenty every plenty job you're gonna everywhere. get. Yeah. You're just not as famous, so you don't notice it. Yeah, it's just it, it happens all over the damn place. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, by the way, I'm not I'm not anti. By the way, at all. Like I said, trust me. I'm trying to get to the point where my future kid, who you be, telling, will get will be beneficiaries of plenty of nepotism. <laughs> who <laughs> that, you telling? That's the goal. Yeah. <laughs> That's the golden rule. The who, goal. He who has the gold, exactly. that's the rule. <laughs> that is the goal, isn't it? <laughs> All right, we'll come back. we got uh, some NBA new stuff to Nuggets on the other side right here on Ball Live. Wonderful, not a horn. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Woo! We were right in 
Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. Oh, you might need to silence the specs text line just for a little while. It is a new theme Thursday, and we don't know what the theme is. And they might they might spoil it for you and guess it. But it's up to you. New theme Thursday, my man Patrick plays songs. Um, and based on the song selection that he plays, we're supposed to gather clues and hints to bring us to the new theme of New Theme Thursday. All right, Arch. It's kind of an old school. No clue yet. 70s feel. I mean, it is opening day, but I don't know if that has anything to do with it because of this song. I can't even see this song. It's an old Sam and Dave song. Okay. You might hit it. Opening day is a pretty good guess. Is that it? It is opening day. Ah. It is. It is. uh, This is Knock It Out of the Park by Uh, Sam and Dave. There you go. All right, I like knocking out of the park. Is yeah, knocking out of the park. Is he talking about baseball? I mean, he he's talking be. about using. It's all references to baseball about uh, how to treat women. I was gonna say, you got knocking out of the park. <laughs> I like no, that. he's talking about baseball. That's Look, there is, there's a ninety baseball references in this song. That is creative. Like you got, you got a kid to get on base. It ain't about hitting a single. You got to score. Yeah, you got to like all these. Little I mean, the, the 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 greatest initial reference to sex and the double entendre sex and. Yeah. It, baseball was to get on first base, second base, yeah. third base. It was a perfect yeah. description. Yep. And now you hit a home run. And, and did we ever remember what first base was? Holding hands. First base is holding hands? Yeah, man. What, what decade you from? Are you courting women? Don't forget. Well? Don't, yes, I'm a, definitely you got courting. A daughter. Oh, you got a daughter. That's yeah. right. He's got a daughter. Come okay. on, my daughter. All right. Hey, first, base is, first base is not looking at each other from across the room in our design. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We holding hands from the rim. <laughs> Just okay. so you know, we uh, go together. That explains <laughs> why Hard says holding hands was first base. Well, that was your first base, and that should be most people's first base. It wasn't my. Was that your first base? No, <laughs> y'all see that's y'all's problem right there. Y'all over there trying to hit inside the parkers. No, <laughs> hey, that's a great. One. You are right. Most dudes are trying to hit an inside the park home run. Well said, no, sir. Well said, right. And we most of us fail miserably. Exactly. And you they were like, calling hey. them. They were like, "That's a little league home run." You get tagged out exactly. trying to get the third. What does always say? Get them singles, baby. Yeah, just work Go your way around it. Ball the opposite there. Way. Go That's small right. ball. Exactly. Well, I only want to go small ball, but you get my point. I know right? your point. Manufacture some runs. Don't <laughs> exactly. go small ball. Go hard. Don't ball. be trying. To, that's right. Go hard <laughs> ball. Don't be going over there with no blue chew. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Real quick, uh, let's talk some NBA just really quickly while we got some time here. So the Spurs. Congratulations, Patrick. Y'all look like y'all trying to wrap it up. No, they have basically secured a bottom three record. Yeah. So hey, that's that makes it. You know how annoying this season would have been if we were the fourth worst team in the league. Yeah, the, because I mean, you're like, look, are, right? we're going to be at the bad season. We're going to have to have one. <laughs> but if you're the fourth, then you're like everything we did to tank this season was yeah. or nothing. <laughs> that is that was a good point. Now now I just get to sweat it out until the draft lottery. Houston, yep. Detroit, and the Spurs all have the same odds now yes. to get the number one overall pick. So there you go. The tankathon, like baby. And, and let's be clear everyone who's in the lottery technically has a chance to get the number one overall pick. Odds would tell you it will go to one of those three teams, but it could easily be the fourth, fifth, sixth team. It's true. That just, you know, it's a lottery. It's a lottery. It, yeah. could, it could head wherever it is. Yeah, because I think the uh, Hornets. You just want to get a chance to be in it. So well, you want you hey man, you want the most tickets is what, you want the most raffle tickets. No doubt. But that's the Spurs when they got Tim Duncan, it wasn't weighted like this. They the Celtics had the worst record. Everybody thought the Celtics were going to be getting him, and then San Antonio jumped the Celtics. 
yep. to to get Tim Duncan. So it, it has happened. The Spurs have been a beneficiary of it in the past. So hopefully uh, they will not. This will not happen again. Spurs, go ahead, get that win by Yama, and we're we're just we, s- we, smooth sailing. We need H Town to get him, but there's a chance. There's a really good chance he's in Texas. Yes. There's a Can very, I mean, that's, that's like a, a very good chance. There's a really high chance. Hey, and if Dallas keeps losing, <laughs> that's no, a no. great point, though. Nope. Uh, speaking of, might as well just jump on jump over there. Jump right into that. Uh, yeah, the Mavs lost to the 76ers, 116 to 118. Now, I believe it's a fourth loss in five games for them. OKC won last night. They have a tiebreaker advantage also over Dallas with a one game lead now for the last spot in the play in. So. I, what? I, what? If four, we got four, four games or five games left, man. I Somewhere want, around there. I want the Mavs in. I really want them to get I in. I told you this was a disaster. Rod. Yes, you did. Yes, you I did. I told you this is not yes, going to work because there are so many other deficiencies on that team, and then the fact that our man uh, Luca is not having fun. I don't smile anymore. I don't have a <laughs> smile on my face when I'm playing. I'm still trying to figure it out. I'm just not enjoying it. Things away from here are not good. He also mentioned that could be. It's also off the court yep, stuff yep, too. Yep. But yes, of course, because y'all losing. That's a big part. That's of it. a big That's part a big of it. Part. That's why you're not smiling, and then you <laughs> over there complaining about every single call and not getting back on defense. That's that's kind of a you problem, Luca. Is Luca dating anybody? He might need to. <laughs> if he ain't, asking, if he ain't. Is he, does he have a serious He's, significant other? He don't. He doesn't. Well, I haven't seen him on TMZ. I don't, Let's think, he, say I don't that. think he does. Yeah. So I was like, if he does, I, I, I imagine your significant other hearing that you're really unhappy, and there's a lot of stuff involved in it, and also good stuff. It probably hurts them too. Like, oh man, he's he's unhappy. Right. You know, he was unhappy like that. Yeah. Thought he was just playing bad. That your yeah. team just sucked. That's what it I is. <laughs> That's why he's unhappy. Uh, but no, it, it's a big part of it. But the Mavs. How about this stat? This and this is what they've been in in almost. Every game, though, with Kyrie yeah. on the squad. And by the way, Kyrie, not the reason that the Mavs are having issues, as hard as you mentioned. It's, right. it's Jason Kidd more, and then it's more the roster construction, anything else. They played in 50 clutch time games. They're 25 and 25. Yeah. In clutch time games, getting the score within five points in the last five minutes. But, I mean, they just can't find a way to win in clutch time. They ended that game. Against uh, that, they ended that game with 76ers, two of nine from the field. Right. Luca was, Luca was the only Mav to score in the final six minutes. Luca and Kyrie combined for just five shots in the final eight minutes. Yeah. That's, what? That's, 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 that's again, insane. it goes back to what we talk about. Who is the guy? Who is your go to? They don't know. Who is going to be well, the one who's going to take over? Jason Kidd, right? Yeah, that who's goes leading this team? Part. Who's yep. who's drawing up plays? Who's trying to put anything together? Or who gave up on this team already and should have been fired weeks ago if you wanted to make the playoffs? Jason Kidd. Yep. Like, I get I get fully that you said, hey, to build this Jason team. Jason Lovey Smith Kidd. <laughs> if you, if you want to build this team, he's like, look, this is the way I want to build a team. This is the way I coach. This is the winner. And you you completely went the opposite way. That that. The Mavs between Jason Kidd and management went a complete opposite direction of how to build this team and how to improve it. But at a certain point, you have to want to win games. And I feel like that culture in Dallas now is so insanely bad because the culture now is no one's having fun. Like that game last night, they're down, I think, four or five points. And Luka goes to drive to the basket with one of the laziest drives you've ever seen. Doesn't really jump for it. Doesn't go for the dunk. Just kind of lays it up lazily. And Joel Embiid makes a great block. Yep. But 
you're like, this is he's not even running to the basket. He's just lo- slowly rolling over the basket, using his body to block off a defender, but letting Joel Embiid have 10 minutes to walk over slowly and block this shot. And you can't go, well, no, that's, you know, the rest of the team's not stepping up to it. You're like, no, the, the star player of this team is unhappy because he's not winning because he can't play the style exactly. of basketball he wants to play. And Jason Kidd, instead of coaching this team and getting them, has basically given up because he thinks he doesn't have any power over they want to keep Luka. And I don't get why you haven't just moved on from that and said, hey, we got to figure out something because we're we're rolling downhill really, really too fast mm-hmm. right now. Like well, this is Yeah, you just want to make the playoffs at this point. And right now you're you're on a downward spiral. Yeah. They they were in a great position to at least make the playoffs. Oh no, no. They were in a great uh, position like two, to be two, a four or five seed. Yeah. And now they're eleven. It's getting worse. Like they're yep. they, it, they're and, out of the play in right now. And the whole thing was, oh, just give them some more time. They they just you know they they just acquired Kyrie. Give them more time. They'll figure it out. But I'm with you, Patrick. I think your criticism of Jason Kidd is well founded. I think his, I don't know if he's checked out, quiet quitting. I don't know what the hell he it is. He is definitely quiet quitting. But we keep playing these audio clips of him, yes. and was, we can't tell if he's being sarcastic or if he's you know trying to play it as a straight man but he's making some comments he called his team dog-ish the other day yeah yeah no, <laughs> like did. immediately like, <laughs> yeah like and immediately. They by the way they did play like that but still yeah. you shouldn't be calling them that no but yeah. and, and it's i, I mean it, this is the other deal is once you had jason kidd and he told you i can't coach a guy like luka Doncic because we have to have stretch threes because luka Doncic wants to drive and pass the ball that's what he wants to do right yep and what what Jason Kidd would like to have is a post up center play inside out basketball. He'd like to play old school basketball, and he doesn't he need doesn't want to have a guy in the he wants to have a guy in the paint to play defense. Yep, that doesn't work with Luka Doncic. So at what point in this Mavs organization of of structure and talking with Jason Kidd at the beginning of the year did they just come across and what like I get when they signed Christian Wood and they took the waiver on Christian Wood. I think that's when Jason Kidd was kind of halfway out. Because that was definitely not his guy. He wanted a guy to come in and play defense, not another stretch four. Yep. And it just seems like it's just been going downhill ever since. And it, it'll never, it never ceases to amaze me that you have a guy, you, you actually, ha- you're lucky enough to have one of the billionaire owners who has no problem spending money, and you still can't figure out a way to hire basketball people to make this actually work. Uh yeah no I I hope the like I hope the Mavs make the postseason it'd be great for NBA fans I don't think they're gonna make a run but it'd be great to have those two stars in there no, right now look it's who doesn't want to see a playing game with Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic I think exactly I think everybody's excited about that we were excited about it right, right not right. anymore uh real quick before we go to break uh, Sacramento Kings did make history uh, they made the playoffs for the first time in in uh, sixteen seasons one of my favorite teams to watch since oh five oh six have you been watching the Kings I, I do watch the Kings uh well man that's that's great because not a lot of teams have been watching the Kings. They they were a fourteen and a half point favorite versus the Blazers last night. Uh, by the way, the last time they were a fourteen and a half point road favorite was January seven two thousand five. Right. Chris Webber, Peja Stojakovic, and Mike Bibby on that squad. Hey, by the way, Stojakovic's son was playing in that. Um that All-American game as well. Nepo, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Nepo. Nobody wants to bring that up. Uh, Keegan Murray. Are, you've been watching all the Kings. Keegan Murray's been lighting it up. Oh, yeah. He's got the record now for the most three-pointers made for a rookie. And De'Aaron Fox is one of the most electric players in the game right now. And DeMontis Sabonis is basically leading the NBA in, everything. in, in dribble handoffs. Yeah. 
it's a weird thing. Like he's basically got over a thousand dribble handoffs, and the next player has less than five hundred. It's because of it's the a, way they run their offense. Yeah, the way they run their offense. Nope. Nobody has more dribble handoffs than the Kings. Anyway, all right, we'll come back. We'll get into flex on the other side, right here on Baltimore One point nine one. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. New theme Thursday and the theme of the day, of course, opening day. Uh, opening day for Major League Baseball. So a lot of uh, conversation and celebration about opening day for Major League Baseball. As a matter of fact, next segment, we'll start talking about opening day. We'll give you an update on the Astros. Go Astros! Uh, but also, that's later on, but the Rangers uh, hosting the Phillies. We'll give you an update on that coming up next segment. But go to FLXATX.com, FLXATX, and all of your social media platforms. Uh, yesterday, uh, the Flex crew, Actually uh, had their show. It was a great show. And actually, Kinfolk. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Kinfolks. Nico Hamilton on there, man. That's right. Nico was there talking about his time and what's going on at Lake Travis and how his recruitment is going and what he expects from the team next year. So it was good to see him get a good uh, – Opportunity for you to get a chance to talk to him, see him up close and I personal. I have met him, and he's bigger than I thought. Yeah. I'll admit that. Yeah. Got to meet his dad, my kinfolk Tony, mm-hmm. and uh, they had a good time. Zach Zach called me afterwards, and he's like, "Dude, I didn't know that everybody in your family got jokes." And I'm like, "That's how we roll, <laughs> dog. We all have fun. That's uh, what it's all about." Unless they get to know you, they yeah, got jokes. exactly. We got jokes. Uh, another <laughs> update uh, about the Flex Fam, uh, Jacob Henry. He is the son of one uh, Mark Henry, mm-hmm. WWE legend. Um, he basically he's announced that he has relocated. Yes. He put out a tweet about an hour ago saying, my family has relocated to Leander, and I'm now attending Vandergrift High School. I'm very excited to join the brotherhood and the wonderful community Vandergrift has. I look forward to growing as an athlete and as a man. Mm-hmm. Had a viper emoji and a... Hard emoji there, too. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's, wow. That's a big move. That's a big move, yeah, that's man. a big, Former big move. Former Lake Travis uh, Cavalier, now a Vandegrift Viper. Yep. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, that was one of the things that everybody was uh, talking about the other day, and I didn't bring it up or want to you, talk about yeah, it. You know, yeah, you and yeah. I were talking. We discussed but, it a but little. But until they, till they made the announcement, it was something that, I wanted them to be able to talk mm-hmm. about themselves because yeah. there's a lot that goes into these kinds of things. Obviously, moving is is emotional as well. And when you move to a different spot, you got to get in, get to know everybody and start your career all over again, so to speak. But for him, being a person that everybody obviously knows because of what he's done, he's been on the all-flex team, High school area does a great job wrestling, powerlifting. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a jack of all trades. I saw a, a story about him just today, uh, about him in the choir and being a, an accomplished singer I as know well. He was in the choir. Oh yeah, oh wow. yeah. So he does a little bit of everything. He's a well-rounded young man, hmm. and uh, now for him to go over to Vandegrift finish out his year, that's uh, nothing but blessings for them and, and best of luck. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, so flex. Now fan. Nico got to try to run away from 
Yeah. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> true that. Now the, the tables have turned. Uh, there you go. So shout out to my man, uh, Jacob Henry. Congratulations to him as well. And congratulations, congratulations to Vandegrift, too. Yep, no a doubt. player. Uh, go to FLXATX.com, FLXATX on all your social media platforms. We'll come back. We're talking uh, Major League Baseball opening day. We'll talk about the Strolls. Go Strolls! And also talk about the Rangers. Give an update on Rangers Phillies right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104.9 The Horn.